Hey guys, it's Mark Roberts. Welcome to Let's Get Into Entertainment. Today, we are going to get into the business of entertainment and podcasts. Our guest today is Maddie Stout, who's created 300 podcasts. We're going to talk about taking risks for your business, any business, podcasting, entertainment, whatever you're into. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit with Rod, and we're going to reunite with uh, David Dave. gentlemen welcome to let's get into the business of entertainment that's right robert it's actually let's get into entertainment the business of entertainment okay let's get into entertainment the business, the business of entertainment right. right i'm mike Ro- mark <laughs> i'm mark roberts you're mike roberts and Hi, this mike. is titty and we've got uh, davy dave on the ones and twos welcome i'm so glad to be back you guys oh my god roberts i gotta i gotta give you some props go ahead you killed it in uh, in Carson City in Thank Tahoe, you, sir. you were under so much pressure. You you pulled it off. I'm very proud of you, my friend. And Thank you even you, knocked man. out two podcasts while you were at. And it. he drank eight bottles of tequila, which is more impressive. <laughs> Are you sure it was eight? <laughs> no, it was eight. It was a lot eight. of bottles eight. of tequila. It was, it was eight. We would. It, what was great too is we would shoot, depending on the schedule. And him, he, this fool would come back every night. Modelo time food, mm-hmm. and we no, would drink modelos every night. I did. I'll like, tell you something that was really cool about working on the movie in uh, in Carson. First of all, they did the, that was where the Ponderosa was, so right. that's where they did. Um, um, Bonanza. That's where they did Bonanza. That's right. um, uh, yeah, and by the way, we're talking about the film Feliz Navidad, yep. which I produced, which you had a little part in, which Mario Lopez produced, yep. which I was just about to say we that we worked with Paula Hart and Melissa Joan Hart, who directed the film, and she was uh, the teenage witch. Right, she was a teenage witch, yeah, um, Sabrina, Sabrina. Yep. and I mean, dude, they've made hundreds of hours of television. It was really cool to work with them and and to do a Christmas movie, which they're experts at. Yeah. And it was just fun, to, fun to go. Now, um, we have a special guest today. We do, we do. His very, name is Maddie Stout. Maddie, that's right. What's He's done over three hundred podcasts and radio shows. I mean, I'm going to let him tell his story that's a because a lot of projects, dude. Bro. That's a lot of projects. That's but some he's, commitment. Right he there. started in radio. He worked himself from like uh, driving a VW uh, to no. He started into a job. his first radio show was when he was ten. In his room. What? That's some Spielberg shit wow. right there. Well, let's bring you him know in. What I'm saying like we got the Spielberg of radio in here. Well, here he is, Maddie Stout. Maddie, hey, welcome man. to the show, buddy. What an awesome introduction. Yeah, oh my I god. Appreciate <laughs> it. I, I'm Spielberg of, of radio. That's amazing. That's, that's pretty true. I wouldn't put it that way, but H-10. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, Stephen has got nothing on me. Nah. nah <laughs> would nothing. Would you explain? I love my duplex that I'm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Would you explain what? how and when podcasting got started and then we'll get back to uh, and then we'll go back into your history but i want to yeah. know specifically podcasting like when so, when did this get going okay so you know podcasting was started by uh, adam curry remember adam curry from mtv yeah yeah he actually became he was the one that started podcasting in the 80s At, uh late 90s okay um, so it started as this so when you do a podcast you put it on what's called an rss feed it's yeah. called really simple syndication that's what it stands for. So when podcasting started, if you had a radio show or any kind of audio and you wanted to distribute it, you'd either have to send it up to a satellite or send out CDs or like my first radio show that I did when I was 16 was The Sounds of Sinatra and it came in on an album. Great and I'd show. I'd have to flip the album um, and, <laughs> and every hour. And my first day, I flipped the album. I said the weather and it skidded and I yelled shit into the mic three times. <laughs> and uh, luckily, I had a boss that came in and he fixed it and he looked at me and he goes, you ever going to do that again? I said, Amazing. no. And he goes, good, okay. And walked out. And that was that. 
Um, when did it change to digital? When did it start becoming so like they, what they it is now? So they created this system that like, okay, we can send this, this feed out that like one feed can feed anybody who has the feed. So Apple got onto that quickly. Like, so there was podcasting, but like there was no hub for it. Right. So I was actually <laughs> working in radio when Apple introduced, well, I was invited to this event because I wanted to meet Seal. He was there. And I was like, I didn't know anything about computers. I didn't know who Steve Jobs was. I really didn't give a shit. But I was like, all right, I'll go to this thing. So I sit through this thing. I'm like sitting through this Steve Jobs thing. And he's talking about this new thing called the uh, called iTunes. And you're going to pay for music. And I'm like, mm, nobody's going to pay for music. That. Nobody's going to do that. LimeWire. L- l- meanwhile, I don't realize I'm sitting at like history. Like, you know, he's yeah. introducing it. So when they introduced the iPod, it was the first place that like you could host podcasts. They became podcasts because of the name iPod. So that's when it started. So when I started in podcasting, I was doing a a very popular radio show in San Francisco and just kind of got to the point where I was like, I've been doing radio my whole life and I want to do something different. And these guys are a startup and we might make millions of dollars because that's what I wanted to do. Uh, And it was called Stitcher. And we had, you know, all the podcasts at the time were like really like Mac driven, like really long, two hours. Uh, the content was, you know, the only content provider that we signed a deal with who was doing good content was NPR. Right. So NPR was like the first company to be like, mm, you know, but let's. let's that makes sense, though. That yeah. makes sense. They got a lot of content on the radio and they're doing stuff. And it's very indie. Which, what, what I like about podcasts and similar to our show, it's very indie. Like you, you're out there and there's really no rules. I mean, there are, but there aren't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what's kind of great about it. I think that's just me. What is why guys like me got into it? Because I'd come from FM talk where we were doing, you know, kind of really hardcore radio and then Janet Jackson happened. So I was working for Opie and Anthony in New York and when Janet Jackson, that thing happened, all of a sudden radio got squished. Like they told us we couldn't, they used to like draw a box and say, stay on the edge of the box. And we did. And then after Janet Jackson was like, here's the middle of the box. You guys need to stay here. And it kind of, that was the end of like good talk radio. So all of us either went to Sirius XM or into podcasting. So like my mentor is Howard Stern's boss now. Um, he runs the Howard Stern Network because that's where we all ended up because we yeah. wanted to keep doing, yeah. you know, Renegade. Yeah, that's cool amazing. Yeah. You know, it's weird as I was watching the movie uh, about Apple, you know, the Steve Jobs thing, and they show when they announced the iPod, right? I had no, by the way, I had no idea that iPod no idea was pod. connected to podcasts. Yeah, no, me neither. Makes Pretty sense, remarkable. Though. And uh, what year was that? Like, how old were you and what year was that? It had to be 2000. Well, I moved to San Francisco in 2002 from New York, so I, I, I think it was probably that, maybe that year or the year after. I'm, you know, I did a lot of drugs. So you didn't. <laughs> so you didn't know. It's you, a haze. It's just a haze. Yeah, you didn't know. You were you. It looked like this was going to be the future. It felt like it was going to be the future. Or you had no Stitcher, idea. I didn't really understand podcasts. I just knew it was talk radio. And in fact, when we started Stitcher, we weren't. We didn't say podcast because it was like a dirty word. Yeah. Because everybody was like, oh, podcast. It's just idiots in the garage. So we called it. On demand radio, on demand talk radio, you know, because that's what it is. It's on demand and it's talk radio. Um, The term podcasting for me for almost like eight years, like was a bad word. Like everybody was like, why would you leave radio? Why are you doing this? Why did you get into podcasting? Yeah, right. No, it's and it's uh, it's an amazing thing because recently 
I would say over the past year since we've been doing this, I started to notice podcasts a lot more, and my wife listens to them all the time. It just seems like it's here to stay. With it, Robert, your souls. I know, I really. I just am. started the new one too. I like the crime, like the the crime stuff. Crime stuff. Dude, it, it, it's launched uh, entire series, amazing yeah. stories that Hello. have gone on to be amazing. Yeah. Welcome to two thousand. What, what year? Two thousand ten. I was at two thousand ten. I was going to say two thousand twenty. Yeah, two thousand twenty. I oh, like that. Oh, I like it. We got, we got a new phrase. But I think, yeah, look, it's it's like anything else. You don't know a lot about the business of podcasting until you meet someone like yourself who's been doing it, who was sort of at the inception of it. Who, yeah, I mean, look, you were at iHeartRadio for a while, yeah, uh, and uh, I think they're sort of the leaders in podcasting. Well, when right? I when I got to iHeart, there was no podcast division. Um, wow. I I only came to iHeart. They wanted me to come back. A lot of people were trying to get me to come back to radio over the years, and I just didn't want to go back and do mornings and that. Um, and I, in the meantime, I'd gotten pretty skilled at digital and working with all kinds of digital products. So they asked me to take over digital for San Francisco, all the digital, like all the you know videos, social media, all that stuff. And I said, only if I can like take the talent and create podcasts. So at San Francisco, in the first eight months, I created 40 podcasts with the talent there. Wow, and these wow. were all music stations, and nobody was doing podcasts with music talent. Mm. And then the guys at, at, in New York were like, they saw how many numbers I was creating and, you know, and they were starting to get serious about podcasting. So they were like, take over, do the whole country. So I went on a barnstorming tour of the United States of all the big markets and creating podcasts. That's where I created so many podcasts. And then we bought how stuff works and integrated that team. And, um, and yeah, and just kind of really jumped into the space late but quickly and, and got it. Well, uh, we're def- we're going to get into the business of podcasting. Yeah, that's a movie in itself, sure. to be honest. Oh, my God. Think about here we it? go, though. With I'm the, just saying, that's the creative mind thinking over here. This is the tootie mind thinking. Like, you turn saying? it into a that's, movie, that's and then, you know, three years later, we're still working thinking. on a script. <laughs> I, I finished my scripts, player. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but no, listen, what's really fascinating about this if you're listening is that this is a business right and like any other business you need funding people need to get paid there has to be some way of doing this so let's talk about all of that like the mechanics of it because i think it's really interesting i have no idea how it works and if you haven't been listening to the podcast maddie and amanda have picked us up to sort of uh, be with their company which is jam street Jam Street Media. Right, Jam Street, Jam Street Media, and uh, we're excited to be part of it. So now we're having Maddie on to continue like what we do, which is discuss the business of entertainment in general. And uh, you know, podcasting is going to be a big part of our lives. It's still, it is right now, and it's going to be for many years. So, so let's talk about this. First of all, take me back. When did you first get into, into entertainment? Because obviously you did not grow up in Hollywood. A lot of us did not, right? I grew up in a, a little, little, little town in West Virginia. Um, and then when I was 10 years old, my mom got remarried and we moved to a cabin that had no electricity, no plumbing. I spent every day cutting wood because everything was wood heat. So naturally, nice. you became a podcaster. Well, no, I, well, I had <laughs> like radio. You were originally off the grid. I, I listened to radio all the time. And in fact, only the TV I got was through the radio. So I listened to the show Santa Barbara every yeah. afternoon in people's court. So <laughs> flat fast forward to when I'm doing a morning show in San Francisco, one of my biggest fans and listeners is Robin Wright Penn. She listens every morning. In fact, no kidding. we did a, a stunt where we pretended we got fired and she called the head of CBS and oh, like wow. went oh, nuts. And, oh, oh, it was crazy. Wow. So I meet her like at this concert and I'm like, you're Kelly Capwell. Cause that was her name on, yeah, yeah. on Santa Barbara. But yeah, so mm-hmm. I got into like, I had to like always visualize 
take audio and visualize it. So yeah. I think it just it was ingrained in me to want to do that and to be involved with audio. Yeah. And my mom listened to Howard Stern a lot. Who didn't? Uh, right? when, yeah. But this was when he was just on DC 101. Right. This is way back Ooh. in the day. And uh, and I didn't really know. You know, I didn't always understand what he was doing, but I remember when he called Air Florida for a one-way ticket to the 14th Street Bridge. I was like nine, and I thought that was hilarious. And yeah, so I, I, I when I as soon as I could get a car and drive to the radio station, I, I asked for a job, and they put me on, like I said, doing Sunday mornings, playing this thing. And then we had a rock station. Somebody got hung over, and they didn't show up. And back then, the radio stations would shut off at midnight. And they're off the air till 6 a.m. Right. So somebody's got to turn it on at 6 a.m. Right. So I go in at 6 a.m. I start DJing. I'm just like, I'll play whatever you ask me for. So I'm playing like Neil Young, Deep Cuts. Like, I don't know what thing. I went to Belle Biv DeVoe concert the night before. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about rock and roll. But it just so happened that that was when Nirvana came out. And like, I was just in that. And I just got the job. I just, you know, they let me do it. And then I put myself through college working as a rock and roll DJ and, and alternative was brand new. And I was kind of one of the first guys to like break a lot of those bands. It was in West Virginia, but it was in a cool college town. Yeah, so. But that's still like, that's like that's a movie. Really cool. Have you heard the podcast uh, blackout with Rami Malek? Are you familiar with it? I'm familiar with it, but I have not listened to it. You're basically telling that story in uh, a sense. He was a, he's a rock and roll DJ in Maine and there's a blackout and it's like this and he has to continue the society by moving but it's a throwback to he's like not Orson advertising Wells. our podcast so I'm pretty sure I mean, if you, cut all, you cut all my shit out anyway so it doesn't even matter I can say but, whatever no but it's but that's interesting <laughs> what I what I what's Facts. what's fascinating about everybody who's who's been on the show that is successful like yourself and has done great things to forward move entertainment and to move you know just technology forward is that everyone comes from a place where you can turn right or left or something's in your dna or something's you know you grew up listening to the radio it became something that was natural for you so when you got an opportunity which a lot of our guests get really odd uh, opportunities and Very normally true. it's about throwing your hat over the fence and getting yes. and getting it no choice right i think when you got your opportunity you knew radio you knew how it worked mm -hmm. you knew uh, what made people listen and you were actually not afraid to jump in at six o'clock in the morning and just go like fuck it let's do whatever we got to do right? yeah and and you know when i graduated i was still working in like these small markets in west virginia and trying to get out to any bigger market and i'd sent an intern to w uh to dc to work for donna mike because it was like my favorite show in dc and she called me she's like did g gordon lady producer quit Oh, wow. And you want to be in a market. I didn't know anything about producing a talk show. I'd never done that. But yeah. I got him a little escort. I drove to D.C., literally drove <laughs> to D.C., waited in reception for the producer to come out, talked my way into the job. A month later, because I could talk to Gordon like nobody else, because he, everyone was scared of him. I was 25. Right. I didn't know any better. So right. I was like, no, you got to do this. Yeah. Be the same thing. Right. And I became his executive producer after a month. That's amazing. And then nine months later, they sent me to New York, gave me a morning show. So, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm that's, still like a, a Yelp, you know, really Yelp local from West Virginia. That's a remarkable story. Yeah. But so when you get the opportunity and you don't know how to produce a radio show, do, do you, is it sort of ingrained in you what it's supposed to be like? I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't from zero, right? You sort no, of had an idea. Well, no, because when you start at the bottom, you know what everybody does. And I tell people that all the time. Like, you have to understand. And that's how I got the job was because I could, I knew everything. I knew what engineers do. I knew what sales do. Yeah. I'd been up at a tower in a storm fixing a, a, a you know, a transistor on a, a right. station. Um, so, when you understand what everybody else does, it puts you in a position of power because nobody can ever come to you and say, 
oh, well, we can't do that. It's like, yeah, you can't, you know, because yeah. I'm sure we've all been in that position where somebody's like, well, you know, we can't anyone really who's successful do has been today. in that position yeah. right? They, where they're like, grab this, do this. Uh, uh, you know, I was uh, I, I had I was, a makeup artist try that. I mean, I was like, knock it off. Come on. You know how to <laughs> take it. Is. Blend those colors together. <laughs> You're going to mess up the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I uh, I um I was called in by Sony to uh, to interview for the job of executive producer of Mexico's Next Top Model. I had never done anything like it, ever, like nothing. So I went in and I told my friend Deborah Henderson. I said, "They're you're not they're not going to hire me. I, I don't I don't have the qualifications to do this job." She was like, "Yeah, you'll be fine. You speak Spanish." So I said, "Yeah, I do." And I went on and on. I went through five interviews and they hired me. So long story short. I was in a fetal position most of the days there because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I've never done a show like this. So what did I do? The one thing that I knew I could do, which I bought every, I bought six seasons of, of Top Model here in the U.S. And I just, I would watch episode one and then I'd go work on episode one. Nice. And then we went to episode two. I'd watch episode two. And I didn't tell anyone I was doing this, but I basically just copied the American version, which was super successful. And that's what I gave those guys. So inevitably, you do what you know and you go back to the people that are successful in the business and you either emulate what they did or you flat out copy it. It, It's funny how many people come to me and they want to do a podcast. They're like, I'm going to get into podcasting. I'm like, what's your favorite podcast? I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. That's me. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) no, but you know, but a lot of times like people have, you know, they just have zero appreciation for like, you have to, you know, before you can produce content, you need to consume it. Right. I tell, and that's what I, I teach at university. And that's one thing I always teach is like to be a good producer, you have to be a good consumer. Right. Yep. So you can't be the person who's like, Oh, I'd like to watch TV. Well then fuck you get out of media. Right. You're in the wrong business. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you got to know what twists are. You got to know what motivates people. What makes yep. people feel. I mean, music and a lot of other things do that for film in podcasting. I'm not ultimately sure like what, you know, whether you arc shows, whether you, you know what I mean? It's like, storytelling. Right. It, it, is, yeah. it, is, it is storytelling. storytelling. You're right. And, you know, depending on the kind of show, you always want to build up, build up, build up, yeah. pay off, build up. Oh, can't wait for the next show for the payoff. Right. When we're doing yeah. like scripted stuff. Yeah. But it's kind yeah. of, you know, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, when I do interviews, I usually have a story arc that I want to do yeah. with the person and I don't stick to it. If the conversation doesn't go that way. Right. But I do have a plan usually for how I want this thing. But you know what? Inevitably, in general conversation, when you're pitching yourself, when you're talking about the things that you want to do, you end up arcing your story no matter what, right? You have like the beginnings, you have the kind of law, and then you know the tent poles that are going to get people to go, oh my God, did that really happen? Or you can read it when you're pitching someone. Like when I pitch you, Robert's things, I can see it in your eye. I can just (laughs) feel that right now. See, that dismissiveness. So I got to spark something like tequila. And he goes, oh, wait, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> so you know. But look, moving on, I think one of the one of the key things uh that we've always kind of come to with every guest on the on the show and with ourselves in fact is that you have you have to take chances. You have to yeah. take an opportunity that feels like it you may not be ready for and that's what makes you super successful in any business, not just entertainment. Entertainment is, is there's just a big magnifying glass on entertainment. So you see people succeed like that all the time. But if you if you look at all these huge companies, if you look at uh, people like yourself like Amanda, like the things that you guys have done, the things that w- that that have made people successful are risks. And just throwing that hat over the fence and yeah. going like, I got to get it. Yeah. I have no choice. I mean, look, if you fail, sometimes you fail up in this business. Yeah, I have a. I, I went to my therapist. I was talking to my therapist one time, uh, and I said, I just would like to be normal. 
I'd like to like not have to always be on the edge. You know, like I leave iHeartRadio. I had a great job happen. there to start a company. And she <laughs> looked at me and she's like, you do best when you have a knife to your throat. That's, that's yeah. you. Like, just get over it. You're right. never going to be the guy on a softball team. You're never going to have like that normal like friend group. That's just not who you are. You're always going to be this way, which kind of is depressing sometimes because I think you guys have the same. No, it's, that, like, yeah, it's it, the it, way it, it is. It makes you nuts. Yeah. And, I, and I tell my students, you know, when I teach at university, I warn them. I said, the other side of being creative is that you better be able to deal with your mental end. Yes. Because if you can't deal with this part of it, the mental part, you will either end up in rehab or, you know, I, I ended up in rehab at one point. I mean, yeah. or just, you know, or I haven't get, been, I kind of got to go therapy, you know, yeah. do something because like <laughs> we don't shut off at night. No, we no. Wake up at three in the morning with a notepad it's and like 24 seven. Yeah. Hey, you know what? It's, it's 24 seven. You're always thinking about yeah. it. You always want it. I just came off a film. And I think when I was on the film, I was thinking to myself, I'm never going to do this again. We were kind of like our own therapist on that film. You know, that, <sighs> yeah. Every night, Roberts and I would drink. Like, it didn't matter what time. We could wrap it like one in the morning. You had we'd go to, back. Though. You had and we to. would like drink and talk. You know what I mean? And then you'd, you kind of go to bed for a few hours and you're like, all right, I feel a little better. And you, yeah. you got to regroup. Look, before we go to a beer break, which I'm going to definitely have a beer, we got to have a beer break because everyone needs a beer. Yeah. But, um, but I was thinking about. Um, I was thinking about how important it is to to take chances, and I just want to. I, I want before before we sort of end this little piece here. I just want to remind people: take chances, yeah. do things you're afraid of. I tell my kids this all the time. Yeah. I'll say, do if you're afraid of it, you're doing it. Period. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it. So be afraid of stuff. Get out there and and, uh, and try something different. And uh, and if you're afraid of doing it, you got to go. Beer break. Beer, Beer break. break, buddy. Okay, so cheers to you all. We're back. Um, I think one of the most interesting things about being passionate about a business is that sometimes that passion doesn't always turn into money. True. You know, that's the sad part is that we have this passion for something. You get into conversation, all of a sudden, you don't know where the money is going to come from. You don't know how to build for yourself. You don't know how to ask for what you're worth. Why you look um, at me when you say that? Because <laughs> you're the one who has the issue with this. But uh, know, but let's move forward because I think what's interesting about what we're talking about podcasting is that I don't look. No one knows how this business works. No one knows how you get paid no, for we it. We just don't know how. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. We don't know how this business works, and probably a lot of people listening have no idea either. So if you're going into the business of podcasting and you have more to talk about than just a bunch of dads that have kids that are going to preschool talking about that. Like, what is it? How, how does this business work? Do you raise money like an indie movie? Do you, you know, like it, it, obviously we started it for nothing yeah. and we have the amazing uh, Russ Emanuel from extrememusic.com yeah. who jumped in and sponsored us yeah. when we had three listeners. Yeah, he did. But, so we're uh, not far off. But, so we're not far off, but how does it work, Maddie? Tell okay, us. So, or how did it work? How did it start and how is it now? Well, when we started, there was really no revenue model. We knew that advertisers, we wanted to do advertisers, but advertisers just didn't get it. And they treated it as like another digital property and it was very low valued. Um, the fact of the matter is my 10,000 podcast listeners who listen, listen to a niche podcast about a certain thing are much more valuable than a million television yep. or radio, whatever Nielsen's telling you, because that's that bullshit. True? Why is that? There's like 15 meters, and they, they tell you how, what 3 yeah. million people are listening to. My numbers are super real and like granular, and I can tell you how long they listen, what kind of phone they listen on, where they're listening from, when they tune in, when they tune out. Um, and that matters. And it really okay. does matter. So we're starting to see advertisers come in. Making money from a podcast is very 
very difficult. I've seen, I think one of the reasons I launched this part. So when I launched this company, it was to make podcasts for brands because that's a good business because they pay you up front. Yep. You find a good talent to do the podcast and they know the audience that they want. They give you KPIs. You know exactly what you're doing to build the podcast. Building a network is tougher because you have to like really get your downloads up to a, a pretty high level. You're talking about network like Jam like Street, Jam Street Media. Media. Okay. So, um, for a network like ours, you know, we launched it because I'd met Amanda and, and she had a podcast that she was working on, uh, called Deep Dive with Vanessa Umde. And, and it kind of clicked with me. Like I kept making podcasts for other people and for other networks and getting paid to do it. And then I was done with the projects and I was like, well, they're all coming to me to do these shows. Let's do it. The problem with that is, you know, during COVID, it's been okay because we've got, I've got, a, I've got a great staff and they all used to be my students. Oh, wow. So like I get to pick at the litter, you know, yeah. I get all these good kids, but for a company like ours, like we're in the middle of fundraising because we want to promote our shows and you have to promote podcasts. You can't just do a podcast and put it out there. You're never going to make it that way. You've got to spend money on marketing and promotion. You have to understand digital marketing. You have to understand metrics. You have to understand like a lot of like, did like things that people don't think about when they get into podcasting that they need to understand. And that's something like I've spent, I went back to school. I went, got my master's in digital marketing because I was like, that's a skill I need to have to do this right. So, you know, even with a company like ours where we're getting good downloads, it's still, still not a lot of money coming in right now, but it will, because guess what? The advertisers got it. COVID has been the best thing to happen to us. We're the only show in town making new stuff. Company like ours is scrappy. We've made, we've made all our podcasts remotely. So we never had a studio model. Um, And then the other business for us now and for everybody is, is IP. So intellectual property acquisition. So we want to make podcasts that have life maybe in other venues. So like I've got a couple things coming down the road that like, I know if we can make the podcast successful, we'll have a lot of easy front door, like people want to make it into television and movies. And on the other side of that is on the television and movie side, a lot of people are getting into podcasting because they want to prove out IP yeah, right. through a podcast. But the problem with a lot of these companies that pop up doing it, they don't know anything about podcasting. Like my first partner was a really good example of that. She came from TV. She thought I can do this. It's no problem. I'm from TV. And she never like got the the whole thing, like what podcasting is. I'm like, it right. is a different medium. It's different telling stories with audio than video. So if you're out yeah. there, if you're out there and you think you have a subject that has longevity that you can talk about on a weekly basis, that has an arc that can bring people back to listening and niche. And niche. And niche. Yeah. Do you go out and find someone like yourself? Do you just start doing it and see, I mean, is, is there any right way to do it? There's a million ways to do it. So here's what I tell anybody who gets into the business. You know, when you start the podcast, your job is to promote, 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 promote. So that means you go on any podcast that will have you on who's in a similar vein. Um, you, you, you promote on social media. You find Reddit groups that are talking about your topic. So like with our podcast, uh, Deep Cover with Donnie Brasco. So we have like the real Donnie Brasco. You know, we're doing digital marketing, finding people who are into, you know, we, we do psychographics on the person who I know who will listen. And the mm-hmm. guy who listens to that podcast is uh, a dude who likes NASCAR and he's into, you know, law enforcement and, you know, probably right wing. And, and like we do a psychographic on that guy and then we go find where that guy is and promote it there. That's amazing. And you can do that on your own yeah. with Facebook ads and things. It's a lot but again, of work. You gotta understand. It's a ton of work. Yeah. Doing the podcast is the easiest part. Yeah, I like this yeah, part. Sure. 
Yeah. This is the fun part. This Everybody is, likes this part. This is so indif- independent filmmaking, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to market your film. It you got to you got to cast it right. You got to you. It's a niche. You know you what? Gotta figure out what your topic you know what? Is. You're exactly right. And I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the exact. I know the comparison, I'm exactly right. The, the what comparison do you think I'm is, for no reason. No, the comparison is good because most indie films, you know what? They make ten thousand films a year. And how many of them do you hear of? Very few. How many of them make money? Very. I mean, you're talking about like a handful. Yeah. Like you can grab yeah. the the amount of it's the 10, 000, 10, 000 movies a year. We started this one point three million podcasts out. What? Wow. We how many started are successful? This. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, maybe buddy. Five thousand. Maybe maybe five hundred. Five hundred. Wow. But but you're talking millions of dollars that these guys are making, right? No, not even no. millions of dollars. Well, there's maybe, maybe the top fifty make millions. Of okay, dollars. maybe Joe Rogan. Maybe Joe Rogan does. But why does he um, make so much money? Why does he make so much? Episode number sixteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> and, and you made a really good point. So the people that got into podcasting early and stuck with it have built their audiences up and their downloads up, and they 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 just keep building more. Yeah. Um, the problem with those guys, and I I did an article called. But Joe Rogan does it because I hear that all the time. Like, I want to do my show like Joe That's Rogan. Hilarious. You're not fucking Joe Rogan. Yeah. Right. You didn't start three years ago. So you don't you keep it to 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah. you, you do good titles. <laughs> you use SEO. Like we really like focus in on a lot yeah. of stuff. And like the minute somebody's telling me I want to do it like Joe Rogan, I'm like, get the fuck out. Because right. I, I know you're, I, you, you know. <laughs> Great. Go, you're not Joe Rogan, though. And it takes so indie. It's like, I want to make a movie like Martin Scorsese. Oh, you do? No, okay. I want to be like Robert Rodriguez. Okay, well, there's only one of those dudes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, better you find can. You can but, try. But. You can try to make a $10,000 movie. I did, fool. I know. It's coming out good. It's a little more now. I just can't got... wait to see it. But um, all right. So. <laughs> oh, by the way, I got some more money. Did you over a, over a bocce ball game the other day? Oh, you 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 won yeah. it. You won it. Yep. No, right. I didn't win it, but I was playing in a bocce ball, and uh, Rich wanted me to do uh, like a little video of these guys. Rich watching. who? Rich Alicon, okay. right? Yeah. He's and so I showed Lopez and Adrian Gonzalez. You're like already slurring. No, dude. I'm not. Okay, no. Well, I'm on my keto diet or whatever it is. <laughs> and they watched it, and I needed. Uh, Adrian liked it. Adrian Gonzalez. Wait, Adrian Gonzalez gave you money. Adrian Gonzalez liked it, and he goes five grand. No, he said, how much more do you need? Because we started talking, and I said, yeah, I got to go raise more money. He goes, how much? I go, probably like 10 or 15. He goes, I'll do it. That's amazing. Wow. Dude, that's such a success. That is huge. But I gave him the old, well, let me see. I no, talk no, 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 no. That's incredible. Yeah, you're a nice guy. But you know what? That's how it works, right? You throw your hat over the fence. You go get it. You need saw, more money. You saw a clip of You Lilo. see opportunity. Yeah. You, you, you shot the part of your movie that was necessary to shoot so that you can get other people interested, and you yeah. did it. So congratulations. Thank hey, you. Uh, hey, congratulations. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so here, okay, so moving on. I want to talk to you about something that's personal. So you were talking about other podcasts that you do that have certain types of listeners, okay? So I did a movie documentary called Love and Betrayal on the Force. True story about a cop in Riverside, falls in love with another cop. That cop, that female cop goes to work in the prisons. She falls in love with a guy on death row, in for murder. They start a relationship. It all falls apart. Anyway, I did it. It's out on um, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Pitch was, I, the pitch was a little weak, but okay. I want to invest. <laughs> I want to invest uh, and advertise on podcasts. Do you think there's a podcast that you are in, that you do with Jam Street Media 
that would that I could that I could uh, that I could buy ads on yeah, that would Donnie Brasco podcast. I was just you know just yeah, making it dramatic. I was making pitch, it dramatic. Though, you got to work on your pitch. No, I didn't want to give too much away. Yeah. Oh, knock yeah, it and, off. And, and, uh, so we could do that, and yeah, you give me a deal. And, uh, yeah. I can get a deal. Yeah, and I've also got a deck about for a great podcast company that's looking for funding. I'll send to you as well. Okay. Uh, look at it. All right. <laughs> well, look, my, my, look. You know, you know, it's funny. Uh, Which is weird for me because you know the other day I was talking to my wife and there's. A couple articles came out about me, you know, when Salud. I launched the network, and they said, you know, podcast executive. And that's when I'm like, it's weird for me because I still yeah. feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm talent. I'm a producer. Yeah. I'm not this. You're the guy in the trenches making shit Meanwhile, happen. Meanwhile, you know, I'm talking to Amanda, who's our executive producer. I'm like, in the next few weeks, uh, I have to like, I have to stay away from content because I need to work focus on fundraising. Oh, right. And I think that's a big thing too. Like when you get to that point in your career where you realize like, you know, I want to do the fun stuff, but right. you got to, you got to, you got to. It's pay all for in this. the same. Yeah. It's all in the same. You got to do it all. Uh, but fundraising is is uh, is a big topic on our show. You know, it, it. I tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, I, and I want them to know this because I I didn't know this when they're growing up and we go to like Century City or any town anywhere you're standing. I said, Can you look around you. What did it cost money? To put the building up, it costs money to put that plant there. It costs money to to put this floor here. Everything you see costs money. Therefore, your disconnection with dough is in your head. Yeah. Because if everyone's able to do all of this with all kinds of money, then you can do it. He told me there's, that same stuff. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no. <laughs> same, uh, the disconnect speech. is all in our heads, right? It's all in how you pitch it. Um, they always, I, you know, I always like to talk about how important it is to sell yourself, right? To uh, enroll people in your friends' projects, to enroll people in your friends' dreams, right? Yeah. If you practice doing that every day, if I tell you about Tootie's project and tell you how great it is and I enroll you in mm-hmm. it, that means that I'm capable of enrolling you in something that I do. True. And if you're not always selling, or at least always pitching, then you won't know if you have the ability to pitch someone something that they're going to get interested in. Is it possible to pitch someone and have them lose interest and then have them get interested by the end of that conversation? Yes. So then why not always be pitching? Always be telling your story. Always Mm -hmm. be trying to get someone involved in what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, you could either lose them or get them, or you just had a killer practice and you know what didn't work about that conversation. Let's go, team. Let's go. I'm out of (laughs) here. No, but it's funny... You know, I teach uh, at a university and I teach several classes and I tell my students all the time, like, you're marketing all day and you don't know it. Yeah. And because they, they're all like, oh, we'll just take creative classes. I'm like, no, you better take a marketing class because you're marketing. You're, they're born marketing now because they're doing social media all the time. I'm like, you're selling yourself and you're telling your story. So you need to think about like, what is your story? So, you know, I always point to like my LinkedIn. Yeah. Like if you go to my LinkedIn, my LinkedIn, like how I kind of sold myself as the podcast guy is how I got the job at iHeart. Right. So they were like, who's the radio guy who knows everything about podcasting? Maddie. That's right. Yeah. He was the guy that left radio and did it. But it was only because I put it out there because nobody's just going to come find, nobody's going to look for you. You no. have to be like, Hey, I'm this guy. Look, yeah. we all have we all have that buddy where you're like, uh, oh, you tell the, hey, come over here, tell, and that, no, 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 you know, I'm not ready, yeah. I can't do it. 
that's the issue. I think there'd be a lot more successful people if they weren't afraid to like, oh, I'm not ready. It's uh, I need to practice. You know, no, the practice is right there in mm-hmm. front of you. If you lose a fish, you don't decide to stop fishing, right? You just you rehook the thing and you and you recast it. I think that look, that's a the great subject for another day. But I think the number one thing is if you have something that you want, you've got to enroll people in your dream. You've got to enroll people in what you want. Podcasting was a thought. Yeah. You know, now it's an enormous business and it's sort of like indies. A lot of them are not working, but the ones that do are killing it. And, you know, you may have that idea. That's the next big podcast that the, that that turns into a series that turns into a movie, whatever it is. So yeah. I think that's a that's a really, well, you know, cool I got the next big film idea independent that you need to be on board with Robert. i'm out of independent man i'm I, oh, I've graduated i've graduated i've graduated hey can i tell you look in terms of fundraising here's the funny thing right you 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 are who you are right you you present yourself as a professional and you you are what you you present yourself as who you are and what you believe in all the time right which ends up working for you in the yeah. future uh i was meeting with someone mickey gooch i was meeting with mickey gooch who's our investor in casa mexico tequila uh we were meeting completely different subject we were having dinner together we were talking about the tequila company and as i got up to leave he says, "Oh, you're you're working in film, right? What 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 are you working on next?" I said, "That's funny. I was just in the elevator with Mario literally three hours ago, and he said Feliz Navidad, and I said, oh, that'd be a great Christmas movie.' And he said, "Yeah. Well, how hard could it be? Like single dad uh, finds love on on Christmas Eve." He says, "Wow, that sounds amazing. Who's funding it?" And I said, "No one. We, three hours ago, we came up with it." He goes, "Well, I want to fund the script." A week later. We had hired Peter Marietta to write it. Mm-hmm. He had funded 150k of the development of that script, and it turned into a movie that's going to be on Lifetime in December. I love it. Thanks Believe for giving me a shot. Dead. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. But oh, oh you write scripts? Oh yeah. yeah I, I've been, I've been I just you I, I, look time, before you know. we before we move on. <laughs> yeah, English gentleman. That's right. Hey, that's right. Amanda knows. <laughs> I wore his sweater because I didn't have any clothes like that. <laughs> That was be, be, no, those were mine. Those were really mine. I can't read anymore. I need the glasses. Before we move on to what's next, which is going to be sort of like uh, the wrap up, but I think that the key here is, you know, is to is to think about uh, what it is that you want to do and, and continue to pitch your tent poles, your great ideas, so that you can well, make something happen. If it's a passion, you're always going to be pitching it anyways. Yeah, is it a passion or is it adrenaline? We'll discuss it's that some other both. time. I think so. I like that. I think. So. <laughs> is it a passion or is it adrenaline? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So podcasting, music, entertainment, the whole thing, right? Russ Emanuel has this great company called ExtremeMusic.com. Now, here's the interesting part about what happened while I was talking to A&E, who owns Lifetime, who uh, licensed our movie, mm-hmm. is I said, hey, you know, I'm looking f- to put some additional songs that have a Latino flair in the movie. And I happen to like ExtremeMusic.com a lot. So I was wondering if I could use them. And they're like, you know, funny you should mention... We have a deal with Extreme Music. They carry our library. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is a complete truth. Love it. And they said, hey, can you tell Russ Emanuel? I said, hello. So Russ, the guys over at uh, A&E wanted to say, what's up? And that apparently you have a great library and that you also represent their stuff. So I'm going to be coming to you for some Christmas stuff. And uh, so get your guys writing, buddy. Yeah. ExtremeMusic.com for all your music needs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... um. So, Maddie, 
Let's get into the tail end of what you do with your, what you did with your career, because uh, it's pretty remarkable. You left a really successful company that obviously is, is one of the leaders in music and concerts and, and podcasts and everything. And they're iHeart radio. Um, did you do that to start your own thing? Did you think, Oh, I need to, I need, I, I want a different direction for what's happening. Like, why'd you do that? What's, 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 what was the plan? So I was mid contract and I just saw, you know, all these new companies springing up and doing podcasting. And it's like, I'm just watching people who don't know as much as me do it. And I didn't want to be on the sidelines and, and I love iHeart and they were, and I've never met a company who would let you out of your contract and also pay you out. Like they were great because the, the podcast division is how stuff works. And Connor Byrne, who is the head of that, you know, they're entrepreneurs and they really wanted to feed that spirit in me. So they let me go do this and, and supported me and they, they still support me. Um, you know, I really just wanted to do my own thing. I, I'm, I've always been kind of independent. I've had several, you know, kind of smaller production companies over the years, but it was never when podcasting was hot as it is right now. Yeah. So I left and trust me in the last year, I've, I've, I've had my ups and downs. I'm like, why did I do this? And yeah. you know, I still am not taking a salary. For I still the do that. We have, um, but I have a lot of faith in myself and my team and we have, you know, I, I say this with like, I, I can't believe the team I have right now. They're yeah. the best team I've ever had. I'm 47 and this is the best team I've ever Young, had. I'll go to war baby. with them. Young guy. Yeah. That's amazing. Good for you. I mean, and you have to go to war, right? You put on your yeah. suit every yeah. day and you go out there into the fields and you, you start swinging. wake up at three in the morning, you look at the mirror, you splash water in your face and said, what am I doing That's right what now? I, I've done that I, many I, I times. I wake up at Why? 2 a.m. every day and stare at the ceiling and then have to do a little walk around the house and like calm myself down. Like, why do they leave that job? Can you? Why? I, I wonder, miss benefits and bonuses. And I wonder if you guys can relate. I was doing a film called Danica starring Marissa Tomei once and it was, it's a $4 million movie. And I, of course, can relate. I got an investor to put up one point two, one point two million. So I was two point eight away from finishing, and I said, "I'm starting." So I started the movie with one point two million dollars, and every Friday I had to come up with five hundred thousand in in payroll. And I did that. I woke. I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning. But you know what's really weird? I got to tell you this. This this is the this is the great part about it. I would wake up, throw water on my face, look into the mirror. My kid, you know, I had a little kid, baby, two year old, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm this. I don't understand what I'm doing with my life, right? Yeah. I'm I've like thrown my hat over the fence like crazy, like 1.2 million. I'm 2.8 away, and like this voice, I could just hear this voice saying, "It's going to be okay." You're going to find the money. So then Sean Reddick, who worked at ICM at the time, who I've known for years and years and years, calls me up and he goes, hey, I got an investor for you. I was like, really? How much? 2.8. I said, really? I said, great. Well, let's set it up anytime you want. Well, he's on right now and I'm going to lose you. So I'm going to let you guys talk. And he hangs up. So I'm on the phone with, I'm not going to mention his name, but I'm on the phone with this guy and we're talking. It's the week before the 4th of July. So it's kind of like an anniversary. That's why I'm talking about this. But... So it's the weekend before the 4th of July, week before the 4th of July. I need 2.8. I'm 500 away from payroll on Friday. And he's like, look, I really like the script. You've got Marissa Tomei. Sounds like something that's moving forward really nicely. Uh, Look, I want to do it. We need a tax break. Is it possible that I could speak to someone that you worked with last? And I had just worked with David Letterman. I had just done Strains with Candy. So I called the guys, the financial guys over at Letterman, I said, I need you to do me a favor. It's the 4th of July. I need you to take a phone call for me today. Mm-hmm. And they were like, 
fine. So they took the phone call. I don't know what happened on the phone call, but guy calls me back, says, okay, we're going to fund. Thank you for letting us talk to Fred Nigro is my buddy and worked for him for years. Funded, finished, done, 2.8, 4 million, finished the movie, and it was over and said and done. But the most. I want that so bad. Yeah. But, and, and, and you know what? And it's going to happen. It's going to happen if you make it, if there's no choice, yeah. right? Life's got a funny way of doing that. Yeah. If there's no choice, life goes, okay, fine, just connect that dot for God's sakes, right? It, it'll, it'll only step, it only steps on you if you don't risk it all like i don't know risking it all well, even felice has been huge. Dad, dude, he he i didn't know this but he took out all of his money yeah flew us all out there put it i thought it was all you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't there was no money and he was literally on his knees praying Hands in his knees. hotel room three we our fathers three our fathers <laughs> we three hail marys there. flights hotels everything's already like everything's that okay we're making a movie yeah. there's no money it's his money mm-hmm. half of like four hundred thousand half a million whatever about that yeah, yeah. And as he's praying, he says he hears ding on his computer. He goes, do I finish these? I finished praying first. And I turn around and Sag goes, okay, here's your number. You can go ahead and cast all your actors from Monday. Now now the money comes. All right. So enough about about me. But you know what? I think in in a lot of ways, the inspirational stories and, and the success stories and the taking risks is what this podcast is all about. You've got to get out there and take risks. Otherwise, you just nothing, you know, nothing, nothing's great's going to happen if you're like, yeah, once I get that, I'm going to do this. Once this happens, I'll do that. That's not how it works. Yeah. The way it works is got to have that indie spirit. is you've got to build it and they will come, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's, and you just said truth. enough about me, which just kind of sums up you, Robert. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. So, Maddie, back to you. So you you made these moves. Tell us about where your company is now, what's next, and what's working. So, you know, what's working is that people want to work with us. So I've had several podcasts who had bigger companies want them, and they came to us. Even though we're not offering any cash up front, we're doing just strictly revenue Wait, share. there's no cash up front? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Who's paying for the beers? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I did. Oh, yeah. But we bring, we bring to the table, like, I want to make people better. You know, I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. That's my, that's my DNA. So I want to make everything I do better and every show that comes to us better. And, you know, we're finding really good shows, really good IP and that we're going to build on. And I've just been blessed, overwhelmed with like people who just want to come work with us, even though we, you know, payroll right now, like I'm, I'm there. Like I started with 12 grand that I got from my heart when I left. And every month I happen to just get a gig or something that feeds enough to keep the company going, good, good. you know, and I'm putting my own, you know, yeah. my credit cards are getting maxed out. Right. But if, you know, I have uh, my mentor who was Jeremy, who is the head of the Howard Stern Network. I told him the other day, I was like, I was really nervous because, you know, my team, I'm like, you know, they're, they're kind of working for next to nothing right now. And I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to leave me and all this. And, and he looks at me, he asked me one question. He goes, are they telling you that? I'm like, no, they seem really happy. And he goes, well, then you need to stop worrying about it. Right. You need to just like focus on what you're doing. And like, you know, they'll, they'll, if they, if they're unhappy, they'll tell you they're happy right now. Just keep working at it and you're, it'll all come through. Well, yeah. I'll tell you this. We're excited to be part of Jam Street Media. We're excited that Amanda found us. And thank that, you, Amanda. And yeah. Amanda's here. We're going to have her on as Amanda a guest Rosenberg's going to come yeah, back. Yes. When you do, like, she is the baddest ass. I've ever worked with and and honestly I wouldn't be doing this right now if it wasn't for for Amanda. She really like ins- like she came into my life right when I needed somebody to like kind of kickstart and get things going again. So and there she nice. is. Very well, we're, have her. well, we're we're excited Thank to be you. working with Amanda. Maddie, we're excited to be working with you and your company. We uh we 
have no idea what the hell we're doing. So as we move forward, you'll let us know if we're messing it up or doing oh, it you're right. Oh, you got a bunch of notes. Sorry. Don't worry, man. But we are. We're having fun. Yeah, but we are. But we are. We're drinking. We are pumped about being with you. We look forward to to improving our show and and hope that everyone that's listening is getting a little something out of this. Look, if you're not in show business, that makes no difference. Everything we have talked about applies to any other business that you're in. If you want to make something happen in your life, it's going to take risk. That's just the way it is. But uh, David, Dave, thanks for being here again Thank on the ones and twos. Back, my man, uh, my Teddy, man. Good to you're see the you man. I can't believe uh, I can't believe we got through it. The distinguished man, gentlemen, and 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 man, two thousand Teddy. That's right, yeah, two thousand Teddy. What's up? That's what's up. All right, thanks, and we'll see you guys next time on. Let's get into entertainment. Entertainment, the business of entertainment. The business. That's what's up.